Hello, everybody, and <laughs> hi, hi, hey. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and today uh, I am joined by my friend, my fellow mental wellness advocate, and my sister from another mister, Katie Franquera. Hello. Yay. Oh, my goodness. Hi, friend. Hi, friend. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you for struggling with parking in front of my building. Oh, yeah, always. I, <laughs> I struggle with parking even on, like, easy streets. That's just, yeah. you know, it's That's a struggle. Kind of the way that it goes. I'm learning. LA. Getting better every day. Hi. Hi. I love you. I love you. Um, do you want to explain maybe who you are, how we met, etc.? Yeah. Cool. Um, so my name is Katie Franquera. I moved here from New York. Uh, to LA in 2017, roughly. I've been here almost four years now, which is crazy. Wait, that's it? Yeah, it's four years this month. What? Right? Yeah. See, I, it's gone fast. Dude, time freaking time flies. Time does flies. Yeah, time does flies. Time flies. I can talk. <laughs> I know how to talk. Um, yeah, I came here to go to school to get my BFA, and Nicole had recently graduated and was best friends with one of my best friends from New York, and we... And who was that? That would have to be none other than Tristan. (laughs) We love Tristan. Uh, Tristan is, like, my brother. He is one of my favorite people on this planet. and mine too. Not not the brother I wouldn't wouldn't say that. Like, my favorite people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a great person. Not Um, the brother part. (laughs) And he understands me on a on a very deep level mm-hmm. in terms of like we don't even have to talk and we know how each other are doing and okay. it's one of my favorite people and, and Nicole is dating one of my favorite people which makes her by association one of my favorite people <laughs> and she's so great and I love the two of them together and we always have such a good time and Nicole is probably one of the first people that made me feel really comfortable in LA and made me feel like I had friends out here when I came here really yeah you were one of the first people I met when I moved here you guys didn't see it but my face was like just pure genuine shock I was yeah like, what yeah no because like <laughs> when I moved here I really only knew like Tristan and TJ and mm-hmm. the people who had gone to school in New York to come out to LA so I came out here blind I had never been to California before I, it just was like okay I'm getting on a plane and I live here now mm-hmm. so the people I was introduced to like Nicole kind of like became my my safety net uh over the past four years and each year we just kind of grow and hang out and become better and better better friends and I'm so thankful for that yeah thank you you. um that was a what a what an introduction um again thank you for being here I wanted you on the podcast because I appreciate your insight into mental health and if I haven't already said it, this topic of <laughs> the topic of this episode is mental health and wellness. Um, but you know, you've helped me in so many ways with my own mental health journey, and um, I feel like we like lean on each other. Yeah, we do. Um, when whenever we do like get to come together and talk, um, yeah. I feel like we always find a really good middle ground of yeah. honesty and support. support. Wow, oh, look at that! Wow, <laughs> wow, incredible. Yeah. Um, but 
I do not. I thought the listeners would like to hear what you have to say. So, because well, I always love to hear what you have to say. Thank you. So. I appreciate that. It's definitely been a journey, and yeah. um, I care a lot about mental wellness. And it's I've come a long way, and I'm very happy with the place I'm in in my life in terms of um, monitoring and being in tune with my own thoughts and feelings and how that projects to others and what kind of energy I can bring to a room, even when I'm feeling low versus when I'm feeling Mm -hmm. really good Uh, and how to keep up with that always is super helpful. So what does a good day look like for you? Like a good mental health day. A good mental Mm -hmm. health day is I wake up on time (laughs) because I am so prone to sleeping, um, oversleeping. I love my sleep. Everyone loves sleep and I love sleep. When I get it. Times, exactly, times three. Um, I could sleep till 5 p.m. sometimes if I really wanted to. Like when I, and I think that really just ties into burnout, um, Mm -hmm. which uh, I'm very prone to. And so I think a good mental health day is a day where I actually wake up before noon on my own, uh, like today I did. Uh, And, you know, actually just going about my routine and being able to get out of bed properly without feeling groggy and painful about it because I love my bed so much. Uh, You know, making sure I eat in the morning because I think it's really easy to, you know, just want to get up and get out of the door and just, you know, grab a snack or something, but actually taking the time and to sit down, make a meal and enjoy it before entering a whole day um, of work or errands, uh, whatever I need to get done in a day. Um, Definitely now this is something I'm working on is I'm staying in contact each day with not only, you know, my family, my boyfriend, but especially my friends. Uh, I'm someone who is very prone to, uh, I call it going mute or hermit. Like I, I'm not a big texter. And so when I feel like I can loop in and check back in with my friends, that's also a big part of a good day for me um, is, you know, feeling like I have the time to make space for others. And that's just like a a good reciprocation in friendships and uh, maintaining healthy relationships. I like that. I like how you are aware of trying to um, keep in contact, whether it be a, hey, good morning, hope your day is going, mm-hmm. going well, or just, hey, this is what I did today, mom. Like, I, I like that you do that because I think that's that's important not only for us as their children or, you know, as adults, but, like, I'm sure it makes our parents feel oh, totally. better, too. Adult friendships are are tough. They're so strange. They're so strange. Because, <laughs> like, you literally can go a month, two months without seeing someone. Yeah. And, you know, as we're caught in our daily routines mm-hmm. and work and life just kind of piles up. And then, you know, you throw chores and cleaning yeah. up on top of that. It's kind of... And rest. And rest, right? <laughs> rest. Yeah. That's a thing. Um, it should be. It can be easy to kind of drift apart. And so mm-hmm. making sure, finding those little times in the day to just be yeah. like, oh, I want to text Nicole and yeah. see how she's doing. That, I think, goes just as hand-in-hand with mental health, right? Absolutely. Hmm. Um, so I guess, I mean, do you have any questions for me? Like, I don't want to jump yeah, too I, into I feel the... Like you have such a good handle on 
routine and scheduling for yourself. It, it always feels like you have, you're so organized and <gasps> thank you. Where, how do you make the time for that? And is it something that feels more self-soothing? It is. I was actually going to say that that's like, I asked you what your good day looks like. My good day looks like being on time, being on track. Um, I mean, even like if I start work at, at nine, I'm there in the parking lot at eight because mm-hmm. I like my pre-work time mm-hmm. to just self-soothe, self-soothe <laughs> and, um, get into the headspace of the day and you know we both are of retail so I feel like we, oh, yeah. we understand Good that. Old retail. But um I find that the way I operate best is to know what I'm doing and I love spontaneity, you know, I love um that aspect of life and um I love adventures and all of that. But when it comes to like my work routine I like I like order. I'm very much good. very much uh, Monica Geller in that aspect. Great. Which, you I'd know. I love to see it. Tristan I'm... gives me shit for. <laughs> but in the best way. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's, that's how I, I maintain. I feel like I'm what's-his-face's ex-girlfriend. You feel like you're Janet? I think I'm, I think I'm Janet. Hi. Chandler Bang. Hi, Chandler. <laughs> oh, God. Um. I could see it. Have you ever thought about going as her or Fran Fine for Halloween? I want to be Fran Fine. So she's one of my big style icons. I grew up watching The Nanny. I love her. Like every look, iconic. I could could see it. Yeah, I'm a bit. Ooh, maybe. I kind of wanted to be Pitbull for Halloween this year. Pitbull? Yeah. Mr. Worldwide Like Mr. Worldwide, Dale. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like bald cap, goatee. But I was like, do I want it to be like cute with like a little mini skirt on the bottom or do I want to go full suit? No, dude, full suit, Pitbull. Full suit. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. 305. Do you know that TikTok where it's like... It's like Mr. Mr. Worldwide, Mr. Three Hundred Five. If you do not give me an uppies, I will piss all over your feet. No. No. All right, you have to look. show <laughs> me after. Guy what doing the fuck? like an impression of it. it's really dumb, but I say it a lot. I say it at work too, and it's it's stupid. But interesting. <laughs> I love that though. Yay. Um, I was gonna say something meaningful. Oh, <laughs> in ad- addition to being on time, something I've been working on it in the morning um because I live within 10 minutes away from my job so I sometimes I usually wake up an hour before I have to be at work and then you know I I could never yeah no I'm crazy (laughs) I'm absolutely bonkers like I I wake up pretty close to when I have to be in I will eat something and uh I try to set myself up for success by like laying my clothes out the night before. Mm-hmm. I work at a thrift store, so like I really I, I put a lot of effort and energy into my outfits and make making sure they feel good. Um, so sometimes in the morning, if I don't do that, like I feel like I'm rushing to find the right mm-hmm. thing. But on the mornings where I do feel like I'm running late, um, being in the car and feeling that anxiety building up, building up. Cause for every stoplight, every stoplight, everything yeah. like, you're just like, Oh God. Oh no. Like the world is crashing yeah. around me and Absolutely. I can't do anything right. Like it's so easy to just like completely lose your mind. And then you get there and you walk in and management's like, Hey, yeah. And you're like, what? And I was like, why did I just catastrophizing? Catastrophizing. It's like, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, on, cause you know, it happens. And for the longest time, I was always so afraid to, you know, call and be like, hey, 
I'm going to be five minutes behind. Like that seemed mm-hmm. like the scariest thing in the world to me. Yeah. And I, over time, um, when confronting my anxiety with that, it's honestly better. Like mm-hmm. that little phone call can actually make everything 10,000 yeah. times better because huge weight off your shoulders. Yeah. Too. People, people run late. Things happen. People understand also. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, so I guess oh, you want to just get into it? Yeah, let's get cool. into it. Cool. Let's fucking do this Nitty thing. gritty. First in- encounter, quote unquote, with, um, I don't want to say with a mental health setback, yeah. c- can we call it mental illness? Will that offend um, people? Cause how about like, I don't like calling mine an illness. The, no, I wouldn't. It's not an illness. Um, it's your first step into mental awareness. Sure. My first time I ever entered therapy, Mm -hmm. you know, big milestone moments like that. Uh, I was 16. I was still in high school. I was in, you know, peak hormones. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a junior in high school, which is a big year for teenagers Mm -hmm. it feels you know you get SAT start um it just feels like everything is on your shoulders and if you don't do that you're right like because you know senior year you're just kind of chilling um and you know went through a breakup Mm -hmm. uh and I just felt like everything was crashing around me and I didn't know how to handle it and I was in you know AP classes I was in um like I was in a like senior math as a junior and I couldn't keep my eyes open during math class and I would come home and do my homework and then I couldn't remember how to do my homework because mm-hmm. I was falling asleep in class basically I was just burnt out and overwhelmed yeah. which is a you know a common trend mm-hmm. for not only me but I'm sure tons of people and uh I one night my mom was talking to me and you know talking about grades and I just said mom I need help and she literally just went, oh, okay. Why didn't you just say that? Wow. Like, yeah. I, it felt like such a, like I was screaming for it. And she just looked at me and said, okay, yeah, sure. That's fine. Yeah. We can do that. And all, like, so much weight just came off of my chest. And I went into therapy. And she was really cool. Um, she was an older woman named Holly. She was mm. my, she was my girl. We're still friends. Shout out to Holly. That's my girl right there. Um, and, uh, after a couple of sessions, basically they, through going through, um, family history and genetics, uh, they diagnosed me at, with, um, clinical depression, which eventually in years became major depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, with a little anxiety combo, um, and they started me on medication, and that became a journey, and now I'm here almost 10 years later, eight years later, and I'm still on that track, and it's been fun. (laughs) It's been interesting. It's been a growing time, and I have been back and forth to therapy a few times but every time I go I take something great out of it Mm -hmm. and it's it's nice to have that kind of safe forum with someone that's just there to listen to you 
without any sort of like personal gain, you know, yeah, um, or personal input. And it was very helpful, extremely helpful. And it's only helped me understand myself better and how I process the world, how I process my own stress, mm-hmm. which getting in front of that can only help you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, did you ever feel like, did you want to go on medication? Like at the time I feel like you were so young. Like, did you, I was really young. did you not that that's a bad thing, uh-huh. but like, did you understand the severity of, um, the process? Yes. And of no. what you were dealing with? Yes. And no. Um, I kind of just wanted something to help. I wanted something totally to just, just yeah. make my brain work in the right way like see see myself function in the same way I felt like I saw other women around me functioning Mm -hmm. um and I had seen you know other women in my family um start medications change medications and see how you know the way they became different and so I definitely was nervous about it but excited it kind of felt like I was embarking on a new chapter that really could only help me level up yes exactly yeah um because where I was at to begin with didn't feel functional right Uh, it I would just you know kind of like sleep away everything that bothered me or like float through the day yeah exactly it's a horrible feeling yeah um to not feel like an active participant in your life just being there Mm -hmm. but not really being present um my my dad certainly had his hesitations um and (laughs) I actually remember this in my first like psychiatrist meeting um it was me and my dad had to go with me my mom was working at the time and she completely understood how I was feeling but my dad was definitely a little you know had his step back mm-hmm. and was just saying oh you know she's in high school she's struggling she's having a hard time and they were they were like okay and then he stepped and he stepped out they were like okay we're gonna talk to Katie right now and see and he walked out and I remember just looking at them and going so he thinks that there's nothing wrong with me, but you know, with the, like just went straight down to business and all they did was listen to me. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice to have, you know, medical professionals listen t- at such a young age mm-hmm. for me. Um, cause I was ready for something to change. Right. And that's what I think made everyone want to move forward and feel comfortable moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I... I totally feel you on on the um, finally like a medical professional understanding and like listening, but also hearing yeah. what you have to say. That's that's huge. Um, I I feel like I I have never um, been medicated for um, my anxiety mm-hmm. um, for more than like. <laughs> probably a month yeah um because it affected me so bad yeah but um after after uh nancy my friend passed away i was so fucking depressed and so sad because obviously of the circumstances but also that was the first loss that i had ever dealt with Mm -hmm. and um i just remember 
like everyone was asking me like are you okay are you okay and everyone was just kind of in my business and I remember going into my parents room one night and just like totally breaking down and being like I need help I can't function throughout the day um and they kind of knew that it was coming because in my family um specifically on my mom's side there's a lot of mental health type related issues um and so with that previous knowledge that they had already had, um, they were totally on board and also very supportive and helpful. And um, I went to therapy for a little under six months because, let's see, she passed in November of 2012 and I graduated in like June or something. Mm. So not too long, but... um. I mean, that, that helps me substantially. I never wanted to be on medication just for my own personal, um, uh, things that I have seen, again, women in my family go through, um, with the withdrawals and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I also just didn't think, and this is selfish of me to say because I had the privilege to take medication, but I chose not to, Mm -hmm. um, but I also didn't want to take the time to figure out what worked for me. You know, I wanted to speak with someone because I've always been the kind of person that um, feels better assisted while speaking to someone about what I'm going through. So it's definitely commend you for that because yeah, thank you. It's an ongoing journey and there's, Mm -hmm. there's no guilt in, not taking medication or being medicated. Right. Because um, at the end of the day, we know our bodies. We know our mm-hmm. mind state. We know what works for us. Um, you mentioned withdrawals, which that is definitely something that uh, is a common issue with the medicated community mm-hmm. in terms of those um, who are on a mental health journey. It's this constant oh, okay, I take, I'm taking medication, I feel better, I don't need it mm-hmm. anymore, stop taking it, and then that's when... That's when the real shit that's, starts. Yeah, that's when bad things happen, because you can't just yep. go cold turkey. That that whole thing, it, it changes your chemistry, your um, your brain chemistry. It, yeah. it, it can't... It actually, it's, it's worse mm-hmm. from before, so that's always something to keep in mind once you do begin a... Um, a medicated journey. And of course there's like healthy ways to stop medication. They wean you off it. Um, Absolutely. But, and the science is just getting better too. Exactly. Um, yeah. it's growing and you know, finding there's different combinations of things. And as you grow and begin to look into where the problems are, you know, medications do change as you know, you grow up and hormones levels change and um obviously the mental health of a 16 year old versus a 24 year old are a little different um my medication hasn't changed too much um it's mostly been the dosage we you know I started Prozac and then Prozac gave me headaches so they put me on Lexapro and I've been on Lexapro ever since Mm -hmm. um it's really just my dosage that's changed um from low to then high to now I'm at this like mid midpoint where I'm not it's not too much and I still feel I feel good yeah um but then again there's so many different types of medication Mm -hmm. and it's not the only way 
And <laughs> as far as anxiety goes, as you may know, I am a partaker of marijuana. Um, I do believe. Ooh, 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 very muted. Woos <laughs> <laughs> for marijuana. Um, I um, do believe in its medicinal value, especially the, for those that uh, struggle with anxiety. You definitely don't want to go overboard on it because then it can have adverse effects. But mm-hmm. just a little bit at night, especially um, if you struggle with any type of sleeping issues I think it's very helpful for that um yeah (laughs) I am in full support of the good things that uh, weed has done for me in my life in terms of my journey with mental health Mm -hmm. um I definitely think it helped me stop caring so much about what other people thought of me fuck yeah yeah right I feel like um so much of mental health and Young women is tied to self-esteem. Ah, you're leading into my next Stop. question. Segway. <laughs> um, Continue. Yeah. Um, it's, I feel like a lot of um, self-esteem comes from, you know, comparison and um, FOMO, if you will. Yeah. And um, at the time, like, weed makes me happy. And it mm-hmm. made me be like, I just want to do what makes me happy. Awesome. And it kind of brought me to that realization. And I'm happy to be at a point where I don't feel like I need it either. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's also a nice little sprinkle at the end of the day. And I don't really drink either. So it it works out for me. Works for me. And that's really what it's about. That's what's important. Yeah. I love that you are so involved in your medication. And like you Mm -hmm. understand what you're what you're doing with it, how it's helping you, what you take, how much you take. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important too. Again, back to my other comment, like I just didn't have the patience at 17, yeah. you know? Yeah. So good on you for, you. for doing that and taking care yeah. of Cause it's your not magic. needs. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's science and it's just finding the right balance and the right, yeah. um, the right match for you. Absolutely. Um, gosh, you are my perfect little segue gal. Um, so you talked about comparison, mm-hmm. uh, and mental health. So my question was, um, what, what do you think? I don't know. This is not really a question, but social media and mm-hmm. its effect on our mental health, especially as young women. I mean, just as young people in general, I feel like we're the first generation who's really grown up with social media yeah. and that comparison. And mm-hmm. a lot of people make a living out of social media yeah um it is interesting mm -hmm. I was like a freshman in high school when Instagram came up and it's so funny because it was so innocent in the beginning it was so fun it was it genuinely felt so creative and so like so creative look at this beautiful moment from my day that I captured Mm -hmm. and look at my oatmeal or whatever oatmeal, people shared look at my look at my coffee look at <laughs> my this tree you know look at my neighborhood street look at my outfit today um you know I feel good I feel confident and I think at first it was great I think it really gave mm-hmm. a lot of um it was very uplifting uh and it felt good it, it felt did. good it felt really good and it's so weird, you know, being getting out of high school, going to college, um, and now being out of college, seeing the way it's morphed into like this own like business mm-hmm. for 
for young people and I think it's it's so great but then I feel like then it it in addition to that adds this pressure to feel like if you're not doing it that way you're not doing it right yeah absolutely um and that's something I've struggled with to the point that like I kind of like stopped posting sort of yeah I don't post as often anymore um I post maybe once a month once un- until I feel like I have something that I really like want to share mm-hmm. or show um I post little things on my story um I try to use social media as a way to like promote uh I guess recommendations uh I got into social justice also as well as a way to like you know, using it in a purposeful way, Mm -hmm. um, and not as a way to just like, you know, spend all my money, which it's so hard the way Instagram's become like a shopping app. Yeah. So strange. (laughs) Um, and then going into that connects into the fashion industry and like fast fashion and, Mm -hmm. you know, it, the trend cycle and it's, it's hard. It's hard because mm-hmm. you want to you wanna do it right. You want to be included. And you want those likes. At the end of the day, everyone just, you know, wants to be liked. And, and understood. And understood. Yeah. And feel like you're part of a community mm-hmm. online. And I won't delete it, you know, because I need it. <laughs> and I need to scroll. And I spend, I have so much screen time. Um, I love Twitter also. Um, I know Twitter can be a cesspool at times, but Twitter is also just so funny. It is. It's so funny. It's so fucking funny. Like it gets me. And, um, I do think though that the happy medium is TikTok. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Honestly. <laughs> and I know TikTok can be just as bad, <gasps> but I think somehow it's a little bit more productive. I can, learned a lot. You on learned TikTok. so much yeah. on TikTok. But now with reels on Instagram, yeah. everything's on there too that's already on yeah. TikTok. Even on iFunny, God, I've never thought I would fucking say this in my entire life. iFunny. Tristan you, got me addicted to you iFunny. And iFunny. That's I what I get <laughs> for loving a nerd, I guess. No, I don't it's know. Cute. It's cute. But I am so addicted to iFunny. And that's he's deleted all of his social apps, like off his phone. Oh, he's, really? Yeah, he's, in case you didn't know that. That makes sense. Yeah. He, yeah. That's why he's been like MIA for like a month. But he's like, for him. you know, trying to do his thing, whatever. He's trying to write his book. Good for um, him. But so I will constantly send him, like, every single day I'm sending him iFunny memes. And he's like, what? where did this come from and I was like you you did this to me you did this to me (laughs) asshole yeah but um dude yeah the TikTok thing oh my god I love it what the fuck but it's also crazy to see how much of a larger scale um influencer Mm -hmm. businesses are on now like a million views I mean same with YouTube but like a million views is now like the standard for a viral yeah. video. Like when I like I get really excited about something when I see something that's like 60 million now, mm-hmm. which is bananas because it was yeah. never like that. And yeah. now, you know, that's that's the playing field we're mm-hmm. in. And it's makes you feel even more pressure because then yeah. it's like, "Oh, I'm really not doing this the way I'm supposed to." Yeah. But I don't think there is a right way to do it. I think um so much of content creation is about what makes you happy and sharing those special moments in your life and there's no uh there is no 
right or wrong way or um spot you need to fill it's mm-hmm. just it's just sharing your life and yeah. in a artistic way that makes you feel good yeah and that's the views don't matter the likes don't matter it's about comments comments do people not are mean yeah. tiktok is ruthless in the comments yeah guys at the time we're recording this let's see um it's the 8th of october right now mm-hmm. and i posted um my experience being followed in a target which is bananas two nights ago um on tiktok I posted it with the intention of letting other women and people know to look out for this guy who was doing this, and oh my god, people are so mean. People are (sighs) fucking ruthless. So awful. It's... I think it's just that everyone wants to know best and wants to feel like they know what to do. Yeah. Um those moments are so unexpected and adrenaline filled and you can only really do what feels safe and smart and at the time, at the time exactly. Yeah. And like you said, everyone's an expert until they're in that situation. Yeah. yeah. And to that point, I was thinking about this this morning, like reading all these comments and I don't know why I read in, read these comments, right? Like why do we it. feel the need to well, defend it, ourselves yeah. to strangers? I don't know, but I was feeling some type of way. And so I'm reading through these comments and I'm just like, you know, to your point, everybody is an expert until they're put in that mm-hmm. situation. I'm a crime nerd. I watch all, mm-hmm. I'm freaking wearing a criminal mind shirt right now. Yeah. Like I watch Law and Order. I watch Criminal Minds. I watch documentaries yeah. on murders and like kidnappers. I love and I'm always, <laughs> I'm always sitting there like looking at the main character being like, why the fuck is she not doing yeah. this? Or why is she not saying that? But being in that situation mm-hmm. the other day, I will never look at it the same. I mean, like, it's... That's victim-blaming. It's victim-blaming. In blaming, a way, you know? It's it's awful. And it makes me even think of, like, um, not to get political, but, like, in Texas, like, how yeah. how many shootings happen. And that and Texas is such a pro-gun state. Yeah. And it's like, well, where are all the good guys with guns in those moments? Yeah. And it's like, you have no you have no idea how you're going to react in a situation until you're in it and safety is a priority and you play it safe and play it smart because I was always like oh I totally would have done that and blah blah and most of the times you know me I'm confrontational I will embarrass the shit out of Mm -hmm. a person who does that to me Mm -hmm. but I don't know for some reason like I felt like it was more important that I get my evidence and I get my proof yeah because we carry these things around with us all day that have high quality cameras and we're never believed right it's which is shameful and honestly you were so smart with it because the way you had it angled like you see him looking at you you see everything that he's doing and it's it's like it made me like sick to watch because what a creepo I didn't even know if I was getting him, to be honest. I felt like I was being so obvious that, like, that I was recording him, but I don't know. I don't know. It didn't seem that way at all. But, um, yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry but, that happened. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, I want to say it's okay. Like, I'm fine, but, but it's, it's not it's okay. It's never okay. Yeah. It's never okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just the comments, like, back to the social media and mm-hmm. mental health thing, like, people were, like, 
women were telling me that it was my fault that I was being followed. And then, of course, the typical, well, what were you wearing? I'm like, shut the fuck Get up. Get the internal, internalized shit. misogyny out of the chat. We yeah. don't need it. It's We're past the point. It's 2021. It's not the vibe. Come on, girls. Like, yeah. we got to have each other. We got to yeah. keep an eye out. And yeah. when someone goes through something like that, you know, yeah. blaming the person is never the answer. And it's not even remotely helpful in any way because you know that's still someone that's coming out of that situation yeah. and trying to heal from it and pointing the finger at them doesn't actually help or make you seem smart either yeah and it's like some comments even were like oh i get you were confused and scared but you should do this next time i'm like i wasn't confused or scared i knew he was following me that's why i recorded it because I wanted to take his ass to the management yeah. and be like, hey, this is what happened. Exactly. Get this guy before he does it to fucking somebody else. Exactly, because then there is no room for hearsay. It's, here, and, look at the tape. This is what yeah. happened. Someone was like, where are the receipts? I was like, are you, are you, are you not are watching you the video? not watching it? <laughs> and you've seen them, right? You've yeah. seen the videos? Yeah. yeah. People are so stupid. Um, it's dumb. Um, enough about that specific situation, but it's just crazy it's how things go viral so fucking fast. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, because it's, you know, it's, it's, could be anyone. Yeah. It's a target. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And it makes a lot more people aware of their um, daily interactions that, you know, they may be going about and not even noticing yeah. what's going on around them. And that's, yeah. you know, with anxiety, sometimes it makes you hyper aware. Yeah. And I felt like it was important to normalize that because a lot of people commenting um, on the video are like, I need to be more aware of my surroundings when I go out by myself. Like one girl was like, I go everywhere by myself. I don't live anywhere near family. Like, thank you for this video. And I was like, fuck. Mm -hmm. We've got to be mindful. Yeah. Um, You've got to take care of each other too. Yeah. Yeah. We got to look out. Um, You know, when, if you ever just see something weird, it's, it harms no one to just walk up and be like, Hey, Mm -hmm. are you okay? Yeah. Is Is someone bothering you? Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be like, hey, is this guy bothering you? Yeah. It could be, hey, or just pretending to know someone, even when you don't, just when you're yeah. getting a weird situation. I mean, you know, I used to take the bus. Like, how... I literally... Yeah. Yeah. I I got followed off the bus one night and yeah. um, ran up to Metro Security saying, this man has been following me. And you're f- small. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am a small, I literally... Small someone was like, girl. why didn't you have your pepper spray with you? Get pepper spray. And I'm like, I... I gave it to my small friend. (laughs) She did. But I have a stun gun. Nicole did give me uh, her pepper spray because mine was expired, my old one. So I had to throw it away. And this was right after I got followed. And I, I, it happened to be the night that I, it was like the day before I threw away my old pepper spray. And then I got followed. And um, also going into that, Metro Security did not walk me home, even though I was around the corner from the station. The station. They said, if you feel unsafe, call nine one one and wow yeah well sorry but that's different (laughs) you know I get it you know you're at your post there was two one of them could have could have split off I'm I'm small it would have taken no more than five minutes I was that close to my apartment yeah um but I ran I speed walked and stayed on the phone and got home safe good and that's what matters and so yeah that with that being said like you know feeling in public spaces being alone and being being a woman being woman of color trans women you know um, being a small woman yeah 
lots of... I feel like people would kind of have trouble picking me up, but like... You never know. Um, and it's so funny because all of this just goes into anxiety. Yeah. Which, um, you know, the, the hyper-awareness is so good because it'll always keep you safe. Mm-hmm. And it always makes me think of like that whole like predator versus prey type. Um, it's it's literally just ingrained in our... Yeah. Um, our science dna dna um to protect ourselves and to keep our head on a swivel and uh, i like to keep my headphones in when i'm Mm -hmm. in public i know a lot of girls do to try to like deter men or deter i don't even listen to anything i just just keep them in just so i'm aware but like they don't bother me yeah they'll still bother you but yeah i like to almost like pretend to be oblivious and just have my music so loud so it's like I see you I'm not going to talk to you but I see you mm-hmm. um I also can be way too nice sometimes and yeah. will engage in conversation just because I want to be nice and that is a societal, a, a societal pressure behavior. yeah that yeah. women have to be polite yeah. um my favorite murder my favorite podcast says <sighs> fuck politeness um and grown men don't need your help hate to say it but they don't Love it. <laughs> Well, my favorite podcast, second to yours, because I love your. Oh, podcast. I didn't even think that. But also, yeah, just oh, not you. to plug other podcasts <laughs> on your. No, podcast. are you kidding? I freaking that's an important podcast because that teaches you that. Blah, 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 I can't speak. It's okay. It teaches hard. you a lot of um, self awareness too, and yeah. I, so I love that podcast. We'll yeah. we'll plug that podcast because it's mm-hmm. great. Um, <sighs> we went from social media to. How are you feeling right now? I Mental feel, health check in. I feel very calm. Cool good cool let's uh let me reel it in yes because i kind of circle back i tangent it's very easy to do that while talking um i take a lot of mini breaks from social media Mm. um i set time limits for myself i was consistently getting hate comments about you know my weight on Instagram or the way my eyes look, the way my nose is like literally every single thing that I already didn't like about myself or Mm -hmm. felt insecure about. I was, you know, it was being served to me in 300 words or less. So Lord. Um, but you know, that's just people struggling with their own. Right. Of course. But what I was going to say is the way that I've practiced self love on social media is like, um, in the settings of Instagram, at least, I'm sure it's for other social media platforms as well, but in Instagram, you can actually, um, like, block specific words. So Ooh. I block the comments and the words that are triggering for me. Ooh, that's helpful. Um, yeah, so that's, like, a good tip for anyone listening. Um, always, like, look into the settings of your social media apps if you're getting, like, if people are commenting things that, like, trigger you or you know don't make you feel yeah your best you can always do that and on the on the same plane as that I actually recently have been going through my who I'm following that too and starting to unfollow people um not you know not people I know but people like um that I followed out of like oh this girl has such like is an influencer has really cool style mm-hmm. and like it's one thing if it's a style inspo thing I I, I don't un- unfollow that but if there's an account that keeps popping up that every time I see it I'm just like wow I don't yep. look like that I'm yep, never gonna same. look like that regardless they're gorgeous and I'm so happy for their um, platform that they've created but if I feel that over time it's become detrimental to me mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with unfollowing especially if there's if they have 1.5 million I don't think yeah. they're gonna miss I don't think they're gonna miss it yeah um 
And I feel like that's been really helpful for me is that um, taking away content that I think makes me put myself down Mm -hmm. Um, because everyone's on their own track and their own timeline. And I'm going to be happy when I'm happy and be at my most successful when that time is right for me. And I looking at someone who's in there is is great and I can celebrate that, but also know if it is detrimental to me. Yeah, that's a good way to set up yourself for success and um, make sure that your mental well-being is is protected. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that you do that. Because um, social media is tricky with that. Yeah. They kind of do it on purpose. Yeah. Um, there's some documentaries on that. that well, they, comparison theory. Yeah. I mean, it's... They just put things in front of you that make you want to buy things mm-hmm. to... Make you want to change. Change Tommy to Tommy T, that. whatever that shit's oh, called. Oh, God. If I ever... I would never. But if I ever, for some reason, have Tommy T on my Instagram... I'll give you a call. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I don't know. Just protecting myself from those things have made me enjoy my experience even mm-hmm. more on Instagram. Yeah. And I used to feel the need to like um, post like every single other day or every week. And it's just like now I just post like I go weeks, sometimes months without posting shit. And it's interesting because people are like DMing me or like pe- my friends are like sending me texts like, hey, are you OK? And I'm like, can I not exist outside mm-hmm. of my social media? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like I do have a life. I do have a life. I am a person. Yeah. I like, like to exist in the space that I am mm-hmm. and not in my phone. Yeah. Right? It's hard. But I, I do think, you know, social media is also a wonderful platform for um, collaboration, for mm-hmm. connecting with um, people, new ideas, mean, new people, yeah. the sustainability aspect you were talking about, like... I get a lot of my information from So Informed. Do you know that? It sounds It used familiar. to be So You Want to Talk About. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Instagram infographics. I, you know, they are so, they're so good. Yeah. They're so helpful. I think they open a door mm-hmm. to get people interested, to get that base knowledge that they mm-hmm. need so that they can go and do their own research. Yeah. I don't think that there's a solution to Absolutely. educating everyone on every single issue. Yeah. But it um, is a friendly way of saying, hey... You could look into Let's this. Talk. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And then it Let's get, gives, get you some information. Yeah. Yeah. It gives yeah. individuals, um, you know, a little, little side door to, you know, things that they wouldn't normally think about or consider. Yeah. Um, anxiety in slash and relationships. I was going to say about what even social media into relationships mm-hmm. because me and Nicole. Take it away. Me and Nicole are both in relationships Lovely relationships and lovely with individuals with lovely individuals and um, like you and Tristan are posts on social media mm-hmm. um, yeah and I love that because I always like you know I don't get to see you guys maybe as often as I would like to since yeah. you know Tristan's moved and I love seeing you know the the content that you guys create together mm-hmm. because it's so special and so sweet and it's so like divinely you mm-hmm. like I I I see it and it makes me want to be around you guys again. Like it, it reminds me of like, that's a, that's a really nice compliment. Of course. Thank you. You're welcome. Sorry. I, what, what was the proper response to that? Um, I'm like, no, stop. I'm literally going to like cry. Well, I say that cause like me and my relationship, me and Matt are pretty private. We don't, we don't mm-hmm. post often and that's yeah. okay. That's okay. Every day. 
almost. Yeah, like, I see him, him. I see him a good yeah. couple times a week. Yeah. Um, and when I do, I got him to do a TikTok recently. I got I him to do the pink, 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 glitter, glitter, glitter. And it took us. It took me a good hour to be like, okay, so we're gonna do this. And he was like, fine. <laughs> and he. Did I was it. so shocked when he did that. Oh, I know, because no one would ever expect him to be the type to do it, and he didn't. At first, and yeah. when he, but that's my favorite part because you're watching him and you just see the slightest hint of a smile, and it's like you know he loves it and he just won't, he yeah. won't show it. So, it to me, when we because we don't post on social media really, the two of us, when we do, I feel like it makes it special for us mm-hmm. that this is something that we really, really, really wanted to share or I really wanted to share. Yeah. Um, is Matt active on like posting on social? I forget. Um, on Twitter. Seen- yes. Yeah. Um, but like Instagram. I feel like I haven't seen He doesn't on post on Instagram, stories, yes. but stories. Yes. He loves, you yeah. know, he puts, he's a music poster, a little screenshot. I do that too. Um, cause you know, he's, he's a rap buff. He's classic hip hop. He always has such great recs. Um, even for movies too. I do that too. I mostly just put movie recommendations on, yeah. or and I do a good fit post every every now and then. Oh, thank you, thank you. I <laughs> I do love them. Um, yeah, relationship anxiety too. Um, cause <laughs> it is about trust, mm-hmm. and it. It is something that takes time. Right. It definitely takes time. It's not going to... It'll be there in the beginning, but that's just the start of it. And then as you go through, you know, peaks and valleys as a couple, um, it only grows more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think anxiety can create a path for stronger communication. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because if you are... Um, a partner in a relationship that struggles with anxiety, you're likely going to talk about it. You're more likely going to bring it up because it's sometimes it becomes so unmanageable that you need to say it. Mm-hmm. And you know that. Oh yeah. You know that. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. it honestly feels so much better when you do talk about it. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's everything's fine. It's fine. Okay. Cool. What? Sometimes we need that reassurance. Yeah. I um. Another podcast plug that I actually got from TikTok, um, I believe it's called Relationship OCD, where the whole podcast just talks about um, being in relationships and struggling with thinking. It's that constant thought of thinking everything's wrong. Yeah, um, thinking something's wrong when yeah. really there's no. I'm gonna have to check that. Out. Yeah, it's it's actually really it. it's really good. It's um it's very soothing and it's very comforting, you know, because it's so easy to always think you you know you're lacking something or you need to fix something you know it's it, it's so easy to just want to fix everything at yeah. constantly when really it's just you're just two people living life and experiencing it together and supporting each other in it in a partnership yeah. and that's really what relationships are and I think if we get you know tying in with wellness culture it's like always feeling like you need to be fixing something and being ahead of the curve or being ahead of the problem and that in itself can become really stressful damaging and damaging yeah. because then you feel like you're always picking at something and then yeah. your partner's like hey like I thought we were good like where is this coming from and it's really just you're looking for something to fix when there is nothing to fix yeah. um and so it's self-sabotage yeah so. yeah 
Yeah. And I think it's so easy to do that. Um, and then, you know, you see Instagram couples where that's their whole thing. Their whole page is just being a social media couple, the joint Instagram, the joint Instagram accounts and (laughs) how that can be detrimental to relationships because where are the boundaries in it? Where is the, the healthy, you know, the two individuals in one, um, relationship, you know? Um, and that can, I think, put a lot of pressure on young people on how, what relationships are supposed to look like rather than, you know, the reality of each partnership mm-hmm. being very different, unique, and loving. Yeah, and what they actually are. And also a lot of times some relationships can seem healthier than they actually than are. Than they actually are, exactly. Which is scary. And then, you know, years down the line, you see this drama channel on YouTube about, you know, mm-hmm. talking about this family who, right? like, has a lot of issues behind mm-hmm. closed doors. And we're like, what? We thought they were, like... Mm-hmm solid right yeah it's sad you know with social media everyone just says you're only getting a snapshot it's a highlight only the good things yeah Yeah. and i i definitely i actually have been thinking a lot about this lately like i i don't share a lot of my relationship but even i was like i constantly am like am i sharing too much i just have so much love for this person you know so i'm always of course like want to share it like yeah like i'm so happy about this but like it's a high you know it it is a good relationship but instagram and social media you're right it is a highlight reel and i i'm not gonna like post pictures of me you know depressed (laughs) and like crying because what does that what benefit does that have from my mental health and at the end of the day it's my account the only opinion who should matter is is mine exactly I feel I think that makes sense I don't think it's a bad thing to share your relationship on social media I think it's I think it's good I think it's sweet and honest and you know you just want to like shout their name to the to the rooftops like you I'm in love I'm in love I don't (laughs) care who knows um and I am right there with you um but I don't think relationships need and to be in a healthy relationship, I don't think it, you know, it necessarily needs to be blasted. Yeah, it doesn't need to live on the internet. Yeah, and I think it often feels that way, that it needs to, yeah. that like, oh, they're hiding me. Oh, they don't, yeah. they don't love me. They don't care about me. They don't want to show me off mm-hmm. when it's like, no. Yeah. I just think it's social media. I feel like it, all, it also depends on the type of person too, because like, okay, us for instance, you and I feel like we're very like um, open and we share mm-hmm. a lot of things, but like, you know, with our partners, we are more... Um, private and private. respectful. But, like, if you take a look at Matt and Tristan, <laughs> they're the same fucking yeah, person, same first person of all. They're both Leos. They're born two days apart. Yeah. And, yep. wait, was it the, They have great is hair. Is he the 14th or is he the 10th? He's Matt's the 10th. A, Matt's the 10th. Okay, six days apart, whatever. So, they're the same fucking person. Mm-hmm. Great heads of hair, those And they boys. got along instantly upon first meeting, which I knew. Even they're before. lovers. They're, they might yeah. as well just get married. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, we, um, we're, we're the side. We're the yeah, side we're pieces. Yeah, we're the side pieces for sure. <laughs> I love the two of them together. It warms my heart so much. But if you think about it, they're not the type of individuals that even give a fuck about social media. Oh, no. Not really. So, of course, they're not, you know, uh, sharing these these things. They, tr- they're not even like barely on it. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I think about my past relationship and I think about the past relationships of, of his that I know of. Mm-hmm. And it's just like crazy how they, the past partners wanted social media to be like, 
the main the thing. mecca of of their yeah. relationship and it's 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 I, I i do struggle with that though i i gotta be honest like it you want to shout it from the rooftops yeah it, it definitely is something where's the line it's a give and take and um it's just something that needs to be talked about and discussed yeah. and it's I feel like at the end of the day, social media is just about appearances. Like, I I know what my relationship is behind closed doors. I know mm-hmm. this person. And no one else knows the way we function yeah. and the way we work and why we're so special. Mm-hmm. And even if I posted a picture of the two of us together, it still wouldn't show that. It people still, that. it wouldn't yeah. validate that either. And you can't make anybody happy either. I literally have had people comment like, oh, he's too good looking for you. Or like, <sighs> oh, you're too ugly or oh whatever. Or, or he's like this and that. And I'm like, you are so fucking stupid. People are so mean. <laughs> They're just... They're so irrelevant. It's internet trolls, dude. Yeah. It's like... That's the internet though for you. Yeah. You're not going to please everybody. Uh-huh. There's always going to be someone who's not happy. And they just want to get a rise your life. out of you. They just want to see you... That's really at the end of the day. It's yeah. like people picking at you just want to see you lose it. And yeah. you, you can't give them the satisfaction. Yeah. Because you have that platform. You have enough people to see you that are like, oh, I like, here's this girl. I'm going to mess with her yeah. today. You know? Yeah. No more TikTok responses for me. No more TikTok responses <laughs> because they don't need it because yeah. they're really just, they're really just arguing with themselves to try yeah. to prove that they're right so that they feel smart and that yeah. they feel like they know what's going on when really no one knows what's going on. However, Couch Guy, have you seen Couch Guy I TikTok? I have seen Couch Guy. <laughs> Oh my god. I try not to butt into that. But no, I know because this just completely contradicts everything yeah. we just said, but it's yeah. so funny. It's more funny just for the recreations. And I'm so the sorry. Recreations are really I'm funny. so sorry to that girl because I do feel bad for her because she's getting a lot of shit. Oh it's god, like, yeah. And I could it that could easily be any of us. And yeah. it's especially with how fast things It's also college, like yeah. freshman year of college. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sis. Like your high school relationship probably isn't eh, it might i don't know it's like i have i have no opinion publicly no public opinion fair <laughs> fair i yeah god i just want everyone to be um i just it sounds like so stupid i just want people to be happy i know you know i really do and at the end of the day like the people like you know me yeah. that that's all i all i want for people is to be happy um and well, safe within themselves, and a lot of people aren't, and I've been there, and I go, I get there sometimes, and I just, you know, social media is... Well, that's the problem, like, news, internet, TV, like, bad yeah. news sells, yeah. like, negati- negativity is gonna mm-hmm. be more viral of course. than, you know, yeah. a day by day of you having a great day, like, yeah. you know, it's, that's the sticky part. Because it's so magnetizing that you you know we want to feel like we're we're up with everything we know what's going on, and then you get sucked into some not great stuff, and <laughs> it's not helpful. But there's some great parts of the internet, and True. I like to hang out there. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um. So the stigma around mental health. Um, the stigma has never made sense to me personally. Well, like ever, especially in the fact that like, we're still, we're in 2021 Mm -hmm. 
And in America alone, I think it's one in five adults uh, experience mental illness each year. Yeah. Um, and it's still viewed as this unforgiving thing. Yeah, I it's think there's unbelievable. There's so many layers to it because yeah. you know you take you take the word mental illness, mentally ill, mm-hmm. and it, like instantly like the it's villainized. You know, going into crime because right. all we ever hear is you know news stories of bad things happening, and they oh they were mentally ill, yeah. and that you know every person that struggles mm-hmm. with depression, um, anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and the list goes on and on, um, then becomes a part of this pool of potential criminals, criminals, potential offenders, potential, you know, and that's really, it's really sad because then it's like, how, how do you help people then if you just look at them and say, Mm -hmm. oh, well, they're mentally ill. So, and you know, we, we live in LA, we live in California, and you know how many homeless people we see it's yeah. that are clearly struggling with mental illness. Clearly not getting resources. And there are no resources, no help, um, and we just move them around instead of actually providing them with the help that we need. Yeah. Um, that. And then there's the layer of you know, the hysterical woman complex of like, oh, my wife is sad, um, give her a lobotomy, because she's not acting the way I want her to, which we were, that was what, less than a century <laughs> ago? Yeah, that, that is so that, that was, terrifying. That was the standard. Um, so, you know, and we were talking earlier about how much of like our own personal experience with mental health comes from primarily the women's side of our family yeah. and how, you know, it's something that men are kind of like, oh no, I don't, I don't touch that. I don't struggle with that. And not, you know, not all men, not all men. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's, it is, a um, predominantly, um, female led Mm -hmm. movement, Mm -hmm. I would say, um, uh, with mindfulness and being attuned to our emotions and our mental well-being because it's so easy to just push it down and say okay I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I don't feel it I'm I don't need that therapy's not for me oh I've done that that doesn't it didn't work and it um that's also a stigma as well that this is that mental mental wellness is a it's a woman's feel yeah when really it's a human experience it's people just you know life is hard uh, life is stressful, and it people need to deal with it and learn how to cope properly. I think mental wellness is all about coping skills. Is how to say, "Hey, I'm not feeling well. I'm not, um, I'm not feeling my best today. Something's off." And yeah. knowing a how to recognize that, and b how to address it in a way that's healthy and not, you know, just turning to substances or. Um, falling down a path that isn't going to get you the best success. Right. How would you suggest, um, because obviously you and I live in an area we, where I feel we are privileged in a way Mm -hmm. of like, we have these resources. Oh, absolutely. What do you say to people who feel like they can't tell someone that they're struggling and like reach out for help? Like, what do you say to, to those people? What's your advice? I think, you know, there are 
Hmm. Well, it is hard asking for help. That's, uh, 100%. I mean, I, it literally took me s- screaming at the top of my lungs. I need help that it, it like burst from me. It felt like it wasn't something I voluntarily, vo- voluntarily said it just was something kind of overflowed. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are, of course we know of like anonymous tip lines, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, NAMI is a great yes. resource, uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illnesses. Yes. Love them. Um, this is throwing it back old school, but do you remember to write love on her arms? Yeah. I, they sent me stickers once. Um, yeah, they were super sweet. Um, yeah, that I used to, Tumblr used to be my OG, like not cry for help, but that used to be my place where I would like let my feelings out. And Mm -hmm. I even there, I found places, I found places and people that, you know, would message me and say, Hey, like, I know you're going through something, but let's talk about it. Or a perfect example of also how social media can help. Yes, yes. It's just this. Ugh. It you know if you can just find a space like blogs, like blogs, um, fucking Reddit, Reddit! dude. Reddit. The subreddit. Remember you told me about like a subreddit about like post breakup or something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. that oh, shit I lived is on that. Fucking fire, dude. Yeah, it's super helpful because it's just a place where people are all talking about the same thing yeah, and, and they're all the- with you and they're all in your corner mm-hmm. because they're all going through the same thing yeah I feel like just given my experience there's always someone who's gonna who's willing to help you yeah. it may take four or five people it may take one yeah. but there's always going to be someone who is willing to help mm-hmm. you and fi- help you find resources help you there it's never there's never no option, yeah. in my opinion. Like, I there's agree. always going to be good people out there who are willing to help you. So that's what I would say. To- I definitely agree. And, like, I even feel like, you know, if you feel like you're in a moment of crisis, there's nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong with approaching a stranger saying, hey, I don't feel like myself right now. Could you just sit with me? Or could you call someone? Could you Like, mm-hmm. I, more often than not, I know people are mean and people are tough, but... If you need help and you're in a place where, you know, it's just, it's hit too much and you don't know what your next move is going to be. When people ask you, how, how are you? Say, I'm, be honest. Say, I'm, I'm not well. Yeah. I, something's not right. And mm-hmm. I feel like we go on autopilot and it's not the correct thing to do. But for your own well-being, being honest in those real moments mm-hmm. can help so much. Yeah. The uh, the diagnosis. Mm, like my. How mom. did you feel about it? I felt like um, it matched my mom's. <laughs> so I said, wow. I said, oh yeah, makes that makes sense. sense. Yeah. Literally, it just went okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. how genetics work. So okay, yeah. and it kind of just confirmed some things, and it just put me in a in a frame of mind of okay, let's get resources. Like let's. It kind of like set me on track Mm -hmm. for, um, it kind of was like the starting line of saying, okay, well now I know. And also diagnoses like change. That's true. They change over time. The more you learn, the more you like come to know yourself, like being diagnosed so young when you really kind of don't know yourself at all. And your body chemistry is also changing. Constantly changing. Um, you know, I'm, 
barely in my mid-20s and they say that (laughs) you know your your 20s are when you actually know yourself you come to learn what you like um and your personality and your taste and um in many shapes and forms so I'm comfortable with my diagnosis changing I am comfortable with um someday you know experiencing a world where I don't just put a label on my forehead um because I've also talked to therapists about that you know where it's like you take every label given to you and it's like that's that's what you are I am a depressed person and I can never be happy when it's like no it's a it's a spectrum it you know some days are tough some days are great Uh, you know I we were talking about this earlier like I feel like I'm someone who's a reverse seasonal depressive like summers are really tough for me like heat feels so heavy and I I can't stand being that like that sticky uncomfortableness and it makes me not want to do anything it makes me not want to clean it makes me not want to function and you know that just shows how much your environment uh, can weigh on your your mental well-being as well Uh, it's a it's a big component. So as far as diagnosis goes, um, as I um, entered college and I entered a new phase in my life and, um, you know, medications changed and my habits with my medication weren't great. Um, and, I, you know, I had a little bit of a, you know, a hiccup. I would say like a you know breakdowns happen and mm-hmm. I kind of had to take myself out of the game for a little bit and take the time to really rest um I was running myself a little too hard working at Starbucks at four in the morning five mm-hmm. days a week wasn't great mixed with my other job that I would close at 11 o'clock so that and so when we you know regrouped after that, and I entered into group therapy for, um, like, CBT and DBT, um, cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectical behavior therapy, very great skills, that's where I learned a lot of my, um, my vocabulary in terms of wellness, Mm -hmm. and that's when, you know, they kind of upped me to the major depressive, and, because then I learned that, um, when I really am struggling, uh, I can not be in the best headspace. And it's it's cool because when you have a low like that, you know, it feels like you can, you know what the path looks like when you're getting there again. And so as you go through life again, you can say, oh, I'm not doing this or I'm not as interested in this. And this usually makes me really happy. And it makes you kind of go, hmm, well, what's, what's going on? And... Um, put me on a better path to mm-hmm. monitor myself and make making sure I'm taking the right steps to take care of myself. Yeah, and it also by us knowing the patterns and the uh, warning signs, if you will, mm-hmm. um, that better equips the people around us as well to be like, oh, hey, you uh, did this and, you know, this is something you normally aren't, um, reactive to, like, mm-hmm. um, I just want to, you know, make sure you're feeling okay yeah. without, like, gaslighting or anything. It's just yeah. out of genuine care. I mean, yeah. um, like, I know if, if, if I'm feeling 
anxious, I probably haven't slept well in a matter of days or Mm -hmm. I'm probably eating like shit Mm -hmm. Um, or my room is physically a mess. (laughs) Like I, I, I know these things about myself and yeah, it um, it helps completely same. Yeah. I feel like it was a huge part of me. I didn't understand until that moment. And then I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a light bulb. I mean, I didn't know what I was feeling or why. And when I was given this information, I was like, finally. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. And, <laughs> and like, in my experience, like, it's not to say that, like, um, diagnosis and medication solve everything because mm-hmm. it still is, not. it still is like, um, something ongoing and new, new habits pop up and old patterns fade and it, uh, it leaves room to help. Um, but like I take my major depressive plus my anxiety combo. And then I hear people say, Oh, you might have ADHD. You might have this. And then it's like, Oh wait, well, what if, what if it's not this? And what if there's a better, a better way? And it, it can get confusing, but at the end of the day, it's just about solving problems and being okay with having weak moments and have knowing that it's something that always just needs help and guidance and being patient with yourself. Being patient with yourself is so important Um, because we're not perfect. We're not robots and um, emotions happen and emotions are great things because uh, they're such good indicators of our life and, you know, certain moments in our life, even too, like you remember such strong feelings you had at a certain time. And as you grow and change, you can look back and say, wow, this used to make me feel really, really, really bad. And now it doesn't even bother me. Like, good job, me. Like, Like, hey, (laughs) milestone. Milestone. We just leveled up in life. (laughs) Like, it's great. It's so great. Um, (sighs) And it's something to be proud of um, if you are someone who struggles with their mental well-being. Um, it always changes and it's never permanent. Mm -hmm. It's the person you were, the person I was at 16 is not who I am at 24. Oh my God. I wish I could hug my 16 year old self. I think our 16 year old selves would be stoked to see the life we live and how we function and adult (laughs) out there and hold our own and stand up for ourselves and love ourselves. (sighs) I love you so much. I love you. Oh my God. Thank you so much for being on today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, thank you so much for listening. Even if you didn't enjoy it, I hope you got some information that was beneficial for you or your loved ones or the people around you. Um, Katie's information will be linked down below as well as information on the National Alliance on Mental Illnesses. Um, some resources for you. Any any resources that I think will be helpful will be listed in the episode details. So with that being said, be kind to your mind, do good things, and I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.